Welcome to Hope Talks, Stories of Transformation. Hope Talks is a project of David's United Church of Christ in Canal Winchester, Ohio, and dedicated to providing stories with different perspectives of hope. Hi, everybody. It's Patty Houston Holm. This interview is being conducted in three locations, the United States, where I am, Uganda, where a co-interviewer and university student, Mujuni Dalton Herbert, resides, and in England, where the person we're interviewing comes to us today. Our focus is on a new book, actually his first book, by Johan van de Beel. It's called Breakfast on the Beach and features the life of Jesus through the eyes of Simon Peter. Welcome, everybody. Hello, Patty, Johan, and everyone. I'm soon graduating from the Uganda Christian University with journalism and media studies. I'm excited to be part of this conversation. Hope that you will learn very many things from this interaction. Well, Johannes here from Oxford, England. I'm delighted to be here with you too. So I'm going to jump in with the first question, Johan. I met you and your wife on a Zoom roughly a year ago. And I've seen your faces and I've heard your voices virtually maybe 10 times as you were in South Africa and the United States and oh, so many other places. I've been to England, but not to South Africa or a lot of the places you've been. So what are you doing in Oxford and why is your name so very long? (laughs) Well, thanks, Patty. Yes, you're correct. We were in South Africa when we first met you uh, via our regular Zoom chat with the other Sam's USA missionaries basically because that's where we are uh, based presently. Uh, My wife, Louise, and I, we are Sam's missionaries. No, that does not mean that we work for the grocery food chain. Uh, We are part of the Society of Anglican Missionaries and Senders, Sam's for short. And we uh, train leaders in the art of disciple-making in seven Southern African countries, Angola, Namibia, South Africa, Lesotho, Swaziland, Mozambique, and St. Helena and also in two North African countries, Egypt and Ethiopia. So um, what are we doing in Oxford? Um, I'm I'm researching the life and labor of my great-grandfather, Arthur Lomax, and his wife, Mary Ellen. Um, They were SPG missionaries, the Society for the Propagation of the Gospel, to Mauritius and South Africa in the late 1800s. my name. Uh, why is my name so long? Well, um, it's actually not quite as long. Uh, I believe somebody else uh, holds the prize. Uh, there's a man in uh, Pennsylvania. His uh, name is Wolfschlegenstein Bergendorf. Um, I think he holds the prize. Van uh, der Bale, it's a Dutch name. Uh, my, my full name is Johannes Wilhelmus Heinz van der Beel. Johannes Wilhelmus is a family name. I've never been to Oxford, even the USA, I've not been there. I've never been to Namibia neither. I actually met Patty virtually, and I've not met with you, Johan. I'm meeting you, I'm meeting you for the first time. So I would love to know more about your personal life. Who are you? Well, thanks, Dalton. I won't give you too much information about my personal life, but I will tell you where I was born and raised. Um, 
I uh, noticed I didn't say I, where I grew up. I don't think I have grown up. I'm still in the process of growing up. But um, I was born in Namibia back in the day when I was born. It was known as Southwest Africa. Now, um, I was not raised in a Christian family. Um, I came to faith in Jesus at a Youth for Christ rally in uh, 1980, um, actually, to be more specific, the 14th of October, 1980. Um, uh, a young lady who was uh, my best friend, she became a Christian. She had quite a radical conversion. And then she would not stop uh, until I said yes to Jesus as well. And um, I became a Christian because of, of her uh, pugnacity. I... Um, I first served with YWAM. I don't know if you know YWAM, Youth with a Mission. Um, I was an English teacher at the time. Uh, I, I served in Kokoland, which is in the northwestern corner of uh, Namibia. Um, and that's where I, I met my wife. She is a registered nurse, and she was uh, working at the local hospital. We met there. Uh, we fell in love, and we married in 1983. Um, we have two sons. We lived there. Uh, we were engaged in short-term missions to India and the Philippines and in Haiti. Uh, and that was before we decided after uh, the children left the, uh, our home and got married and we were um, empty nesters. We just decided to take the plunge and to re-enter the full-time foreign mission field. Oh, thank you for such a wonderful and elaborate Profile. Many people don't realize how big uh, the African continent is, and many might think that it's a very small continent. <laughs> but I've been looking at the map, and I, I get to realize that Namibia is more than four thousand kilometers from Uganda, to be specific, Kampala, where I am. And maybe for our American audience, it could be you know more than two thousand five hundred uh, miles. <laughs> Do you still have a family there in West Africa, really? Or what's your, your, your special attachment to, to Namibia? Dalton, yes, we still have family in uh, Southwest, well, Namibia, Southwest Africa. Um, and uh, family, my wife has family in South Africa. Um, and we, we see them from time to time. We, uh, we maintain contact with them. My brother is still, one of my brothers is still alive and living in Namibia. Uh, my other one just passed on in uh, 2020. Um, home. That's an interesting question. Uh, I, I often get the question of, of where's home. And I, quite honestly, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think in many ways, Louise and I feel rather homeless um, wherever we serve, um, you know, that becomes our home. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving technology. This is the first podcast I've done with people in three different countries and it's working. <laughs> so I love that. So having lived in Uganda for 13 years, I know uh, Dalton you have more blackout periods than North America. So I'm, I'm glad we don't have one yet today. So, so let's jump into the main topic, Johan, your book. I've read it. Um, wow. You know, I've, I've written some books myself. I'm not a theologian. I'm not a Bible scholar. And I guess what I love so very much is that it took a person like me, 
uh, who is not uh, deep, uh, a deep Bible scholar and enabled me to understand it. The life of Jesus through the eyes of Simon Peter. Uh, can you unpack this story just a little bit more for us? Sure, I'd be glad to. Yeah, Breakfast on the Beach, uh, really the title comes from John 21, where Jesus restores Peter after the denial, after his threefold denial, Jesus uh, restores him on the beach at a breakfast. And um, the subtitle, I think, really tells you more about what the book is about, the development of Simon Peter. Um, the book follows the model of uh, disciple-making, it's divided into four sections, and I've used an agrarian theme. The majority world will understand an agrarian theme and appreciate it. But in the Gospels, it's divided into the come and see period, where Peter comes and meets Jesus for the first time, doesn't buy into it. Um, then Jesus approaches him and say, says, follow me, which is the watch and learn period. And then um, after the miraculous draft of fishes, it's the, uh, I will help you to become what I am. Uh, I'll make you a fisher of men, um, making, making the disciple just like Jesus by copying. And then finally, and the book ends with the, the, the process of multiplying when Jesus ascends into heaven and he leaves the church behind to do to others what he did to the disciples. Uh, that's that uh, repeat process and the the multiplying process. So you you follow Peter through these phases, through these sections uh, to his crisis of faith, if you will, uh, the den denial of Jesus, which many people don't realize that for a Jewish man in the first century, doing something or saying something three times made it permanent. And I try to to make that clear in the book. Uh, which you don't get when you just simply read the Gospels. Um, but the culture of that time, if you said something three times, it was permanent. So by saying, I'm not a disciple, I'm not a disciple, I'm not a disciple, Peter then basically was permanently not a disciple. And that's why he, uh, in John chapter 21, he says, I'm returning to my old vocation. I'm going fishing. I'm going back to where I was before Jesus met me. And then Jesus comes and negates with uh, threefold, once again, says, are you uh, devoted to me? Are you devoted to me? Are you devoted to me? So that Peter breaks that, uh, that the uh, denial um, of, of Jesus. So that's the, the, the whole point of the book is to show uh, how through the life of Peter, how one develops as a, as a disciple and how uh, indeed to restore somebody that um, sometimes falls away. Um, as we see in the title of the book, you know, The Breakfast on the Beach. It's a very amazing book. I really want to read it more and get to, you know, get more insights from it. What I know about Simon Peter is, the, is what I learned from church, of course, and reading the Bible as a Christian. And uh, my understanding about this disciple is rather uh, a very negative one, because uh, as portrayed in the Bible, uh, in Matthew, to be specific, when they are describing the events when Jesus was calling the disciples, they described uh, Simon Peter and his brother as sons of, of thunder. And to me, really, uh, the connotation that I, I got was that they were very unstable in character and very unqualified. Uh, and Jesus 
you know, nevertheless decided to work with uh, Simon Peter and the brother. So that's all really, that, that's uh, a bit of what I know about Simon Peter. And I'm really curious about why you choose in particular Simon Peter for your first book. I, I'm also curious about your work with Christ uh, since you first believed. Can you share with us that experience? Sure. Wow. There's, there's a lot of questions in what you just asked. Um, let, me, let me start with Simon Peter. Why Simon Peter? You know, uh, Dalton, very often in the world that we live in, people think that somehow you need to get your act together before you can come to Jesus. And uh, I, I don't think I see that in the Gospels. In fact, Jesus did things very, very differently from uh, the, the uh in his time, he, he turned everything upside down. You know, he, you, he'll often say things like the last will be first and the first will be last. He, he does things very, very differently. At that time, um, it would be a disciple that chose uh, his rabbi, not the other way around. Um, the, the rabbi didn't go looking for disciples. And a rabbi at that time definitely did not have women in his, uh, in his disciple band. Um, in fact, at the time, the, the rabbis were saying it's better to burn the Torah, to burn the, the, the books of Moses than to teach it to a woman. They, they had a very, very negative uh, view of women. Jesus turns everything upside down, including his choice of who is going to be a disciple. So when you look at Peter and James and John and Andrew and some of the others, I mean, one was... Um, uh, one of the disciples, Matthew, was a tax collector. So he was a collaborator with the Roman authorities, those who were oppressing the Jews, those who were hated by the Jews. And then you've got another uh, disciple who was a zealot, those who were cutting the throats of the Roman soldiers in secret. They were the terrorists of the time. So you've got quite an eclectic group of men and women, Mary Magdalene having seven demons driven out of her. So it's, it's quite an interesting band of people. And I think that's one of the reasons I love the Gospels, because it doesn't choose the perfect. It chooses the imperfect. The em emphasis is on, on God, not on, on the people. Now, you asked about my walk with Christ, and, and I think um, this is very, my, my life almost mirrors Simon Peter's. I, I think I didn't have a, have a clue. Well, uh, Simon Peter, I, I think, was a good uh, Jew, um, so he did believe. I didn't believe. Uh, I didn't. I didn't grow up in in a Christian family, um, but I I think I was very much an imperfect person when Jesus found me, and uh, he's been working with me ever since. Um, he's still working with me, and I still don't understand certain things, and I still don't always get it, um, and I just identify so clearly. With someone like Simon Peter, um, who who sometimes is is, is so loyal, um, he's so courageous, and then he's also plagued with self doubt. So he's got this very complex uh, character, and I think my my personality is also very complex. Uh, I'm very loyal. I'm very courageous, but I also I'm plagued with self doubt, and self doubt can always lead you. Once you take your eyes off Jesus, like Simon Peter does you begin to sink into the depths of despair and you want to give up just like Simon Peter. So 
I think I, there are a lot of parallels between Simon Peter and, and, and my life. Wow. <laughs> Such a wonderful experience. <laughs> well, how about I, you, Dalton? How, how did you come to meet Jesus? <laughs> well, I know, I, I know Jesus as a person who has reckless love. He has loved me unconditionally and not just unconditionally, but even when he doesn't have to love me, even when I have done the worst of things. So he's such a darling that always pursues me. I'm, I'm a student who really rarely prays. I, I, I rarely you know, kneel down, on my, get on my knees and pray, but he loves me nevertheless. And he, he has kept doing miracles for my life. I, I don't know where my tuition for his studies came from, but he provided. So he's, he's that kind of person to me. Yeah, you know, um, Johan, I was thinking when you were talking about how you related your life to Simon Peter, uh, I was feeling the same way. And I, I suspect Dalton might too, because I sort of saw Simon Peter in your book as like a reporter, because he was always questioning. You know, he always had doubts and questions. And I thought, oh, that's kind of that's kind of like me. Um, Dalton's going to ask you uh, about what's next with the book. But before we leave the book, uh, wow, I've got so many questions, but but I do want to ask you a couple more. Uh, one is, um, are you prepared for people like theologians that might uh, question some of your um, depictions in the book uh, because they are so simplified? Uh, what, what can you say about that? Yeah, when, uh, when I was writing the book, I made sure that uh, I, I had quite a few people reading it with me as I was writing. So remember, I wrote this book. I started researching uh, back in 2018, and really the Gospels, I've been preaching the Gospels ever since 1980 and, and reading the Bible through at least once a year, every year. Um, so it, you know, to say I started researching in 2018 uh, is not quite correct, uh, but that's when I really started looking at the book. But this book was written during uh, the COVID uh, uh, lockdown in South Africa, and I was sharing what I was writing uh, with some uh, some theologians that I trust. And when I had to uh, look for commendations as well uh, for endorsements for the book, I sent it to a variety of theologians, bishops, deans of colleges, and so on, uh, all over the world, um, you know, from India to the US to South America and Africa and England and Australia and New Zealand and so on, uh, because I, I really needed their input. Because I know somebody is going to quibble, somebody is going to question. And, and that's fine. I, I'm not afraid of uh, dialogue. Uh, Johan, I'm amused by your kind of uh, thick skin. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's very thin, Dalton. Believe me, it's very thin. Well, uh, you generously gave Patty and I a draft of Siko uh, of the breakfast on the beach. I skimmed your draft and found it quite fascinating. I love the description uh, in the preamble. It's really so interesting. Uh, before it's published, can you share what the reader might find there and why you decided your first book needed? Siko. 
Um, yeah, thanks for asking. Um, you know, as we were talking about the disciple-making process, um, the first one is the come and see process or where you prepare the soil. The second one is the follow me uh, um, section, which is, you know, when you plant the seed. And then the other one is I'll make you a disciple. That's the nurturing of the seed until it grows. But then the fourth one is where the, the plant begins to produce fruit to the glory of God. And that one in the Gospels is very, very short, where you see that final section is really in the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is a sequel to the book of Luke. So Luke wrote two books, if you will, the one, the Gospel of Luke, and he wrote a second book, the Acts of the Apostles. That was the Acts of the Apostles is the sequel or the continuation of the story. So I wanted to follow the life of Simon Peter as after the ascension, Jesus leaves the church and says, I'm going to send you out into the world. But before you go out into the world, wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you're going to be witnesses to me wherever you go in Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth, you will be witnesses or you will bear witness to me. Now, this uh, sequel I've entitled Rock the World because it's a play on the word Peter, Petros, rock. And of course, the world is within that first generation um, from what their, their perspective anyway, the ends of the, the world are reached all the way through to Spain with, with Paul and North Africa and some would even say in England, um, the gospel was, was preached here as well. So uh, I, what I wanted to do with the sequel was to follow through with Simon Peter, was where, where Simon Peter now takes on the role that Jesus played in his life, discipling him. So now Simon Peter begins to disciple others um, and makes them disciples of Jesus. So that's why I, I felt we needed a sequel to complete the, the whole idea of disciple making, because part of disciple making is that multiplication process. Well, Johan, I know that Dalton and I both look forward to the sequel, definitely. So in the meantime, um, for most listeners, a hard copy and e-version of Breakfast on the Beach is available in different places, I know. Uh, I got my copy through Amazon, your wife uh, mentioned to me when we were doing a Zoom chat briefly a couple weeks ago that you're recording an audio version. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, thankfully, Trinity, my uh, the school where I did my doctorate, they they have a really good um, audio visual. Um, what do you call it? Studio, um, and they recorded the book. It um, it was. It was basically six days of three hours every day. I, I really began to croak after at, at one stage. It's a total of 18 hours of reading uh, where I was reading the, the book and recording it. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it was quite, it was the first time I've ever done anything like that. It was quite an experience. So the theme of these uh, podcasts is hope and transformation. I'm going to toss out to both of you, Dalton and Johan, as Christians, to briefly share where you find hope and transformation as believers. Dalton, uh, take off your journalism interview hat and go first, please. 
thank you Patty. Uh, and i think as a christian one thing that i i have learned in life is that uh we need to accept christ and when we accept him that's when our lives are totally going to be transformed because in different um professions and different fields of life many people tend to put that reality aside and it always comes back to them it always comes back to them when they are stressed when they have no hope when they have a lot quite a bunch to do and the world seems to you know uh, toss them up and down mm-hmm. and they lose they lose hope they get frustrated all because they don't have Jesus and they don't have Christ so me as a journalist who of course journalism involves a lot of uh, work a lot of stress in there but me as a journalist i've always you know uh, referred back to christ come back to christ and i've uh, i've interacted with his word the word he speaks and trust me it's been a, an experience of transformation it's been an experience of hope uh, whenever I, I i read the scripture and get that reassurance from christ i i feel elevated in spirit and that's what i think everyone else out there needs for transformation and hope there is no shortcut there is <laughs> there is no, no option aside from christ I think yeah um you know patty i think there are a lot of parallels uh today with the first century world um when i was teaching in gambala i uh, wanted to teach the intertestamental period which is the 400 so called 400 silent years between malachi and matthew um and i did that and i did it, it it's it's a long period i mean it's 400 years right and uh, different empires the starting with the babylonian empire and then moving on to medo persia which is in the book of daniel and so on uh, that's nehemiah and and ezra and and a lot of those prophets but then it moves on to greece um alexander is uh, pr- prophesied in daniel but you don't really meet him in in the uh, the old testament and then uh, of course rome um and i i did it in a story form i was teaching um the my students in gambala and some of which were refugees from south sudan and they at one point i was just telling the stories and they started weeping and um i thought what am i that bad of a lecturer and they said no no you don't understand this is our story uh we have wondered why god is so silent this war has just gone on and on and on and we pray and we pray and we beg and we plead and nothing happens we are still oppressed we are still uh, refugees in um uh in this world and uh, when you read the the gospels that's exactly where the jews are and and breakfast on the beach begins with simon sighing and he's so he's so defeated and deflated and they hoping for the messiah this is uh, the whole context was the the roman occupation and the syncretistic religion with all the 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 politics of the time and the sadducees were were just sort of towing the line with with rome you had the tax collectors taking more than what what they were supposed to take you had fanaticism my hope is in jesus my hope is in god my hope is 
uh, not in politicians or in uh, political intervention. Uh, my hope is in a God who is good and kind and compassionate and gracious and merciful and forgiving. That's where my hope is. And that's the only place, if this world is going to be transformed, the only way for transformation is through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Dalton, um, any final thoughts from Uganda, Africa? Well, sure, I would not want this to stop. <laughs> we would go on and on. Uh, but uh, maybe to say that uh, uh, as believers, there are quite a number of uh, great insights that uh, we have and great uh, things that Christ uh, reveals to us. And when we do not uh, preach the gospel, when we do not strive to you know, make him known all over the world, we are doing a disservice to his ministry. And I am impressed and, and inspired by your, your hand uh, for you know putting these thoughts and revelations he has got from Christ in, in a book. So I would really love that all believers really put, not down uh, these revelations and, and publish them uh, and so that great numbers of people can get impacted by, by these revelations. Thank you, Dalton. Johan, any final thoughts from the UK? You know, Paddy and Dalton, um, walking through the streets of Oxford, you know, a place where there has been, Christianity has been here for centuries. Um, many great Christian thinkers, uh, people died here. They were tried and, and executed here for their faith. Uh, people wrote books here like C.S. Lewis and Tolkien and others, uh, Christian books. And I'm walking the streets and I'm just seeing uh, the, the, the modern secularization of, of the culture here and how many people just don't know Jesus in this place. And my heart just breaks. And it, it's, my, it's my prayer that Breakfast on the Beach would serve to bring people into a deep, life-changing, transformational life uh, in Jesus. I, I want people to fall hopelessly in love with Jesus through this book. So that just that's my prayer. It's my prayer as well. So uh, it's been my pleasure today to share the interview microphone with my young journalism friend Dalton in Uganda. As we spoke to our Christian brother, Johan, in England, I hope that someday we can all meet in person. Uh, so I'm Patty Houston Holm. This podcast conversation today has been with the Reverend Dr. Johan coming from England in collaboration with an aspiring journalist, Dalton Herbert in Uganda. If you have a comment about this podcast or an idea for a future podcast on a story of transformation, send us an email at hopetalks at davidsucc.net. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to this segment of Hope Talks. I hope you join us again. And please encourage others to listen and check out other David's United Church of Christ programs at davidsucc.net. It is our hope that your day is filled with hope. Thank you.